Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. An authority positioning portfolio might help you stand out and close more deals. Brad's guest can explain what it is and how you might be able to use it. Mike Saunders is an authority marketing strategist and a podcaster, and Brad can tell us more. Mike, thanks for being on the show, buddy. You're welcome, Brad. Good to be here. Good to see I you. Always think, I always think of you as like the king of follow-up and branding, because when we first started chatting, like I just saw your face literally everywhere after that first conversation. And obviously that's on purpose, right? Yes, it is. And I think that advisors today are in desperate need of how to stand out from the competition. And yep. the, the news is doing the work for us as far as getting people concerned about their finances, but how do you pick one advisor over the other? And I think that you are the authority on that. So I'd love to pick your brain on that today and let you take it away of where does that start? Yeah. One of my little mantras or taglines is building your authority is your number one priority. And it really should be. And great. I'm glad that's apparent that you've seen that. And I do work hard at that because it really is something that we all have attention spans that are just boom, like a puff of smoke. And we've all heard probably the goldfish analogy, like, oh, a goldfish has a longer attention span than we do. Well, that may not be the case, or that may be the case, but you and I are busy and our prospects are busy. We don't have time to slowly consider this thing or that thing. And to your point, the news brings a lot of things to the forefront of our mind. And in the financial services world, guess what competing is competing with people's attention? Confusion and clutter. Because is the news talking about one strategy that everybody follows? No, you're going, who do I trust? You're going, life insurance is the answer. Life insurance isn't the answer. Roth is the answer. Roth is nobody has the one thing that they're following. Now that would make it even harder because now who do you choose? But it gets down to this. One of the uh, favorite books that I love is Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver. And what he teaches in that and in a lot of his podcasts is when all things are equal, people want to do business with people they know and trust. So how do you develop know and trust? No, that's not, I've heard of that guy. Um, like them. Okay, cool. They're not in my face. So I like that. But where does trust grow? And trust has to grow from the information you give and also from the, the gut feel. Like if I went and said, hey, Brad, um, why don't you shoot me that email on that proposal you were talking about? And you said, yeah, my email is a brad at AOL.com. You'd go, oh, okay, I'll get right on that. Because now you are saying and showing that you're not up with the times. You're still using AOL from the 90s or 80s. And what if your website looks like a Craigslist ad? So you've got to have that expert authority look and feel branding. Now, branding is not logos and colors. It involves that. But a lot of people think that, oh, I need to get my branding. Let me hire this person to do my updated logo and headshot. What branding really is the at the core is what people think of you when they hear your name and your company and your firm. 
What are they thinking of? If they're thinking, oh, I see you guys all over the place and that's good. And you know what? You guys were mentioned on that um, show that I uh, watched and, oh, you had that good point. That's good because people want to learn. They don't want to be forced to buy something. They want to understand and they want to understand the concept because they're not going to understand the details of all the financial strategies that you do, but they want to understand enough. So I think that's where it starts is having that giver attitude, that serving attitude, that giving and teaching. And then that way there's a dialogue that's opened up. So slow down a little bit. You know, I, I picked up on one of the things that you said, and that's that trust grows from the information that you give, right? That's the title, leading with value, be advised, leading with value, right? So when an advisor wants to position themselves as having information that a prospect or an ideal client would have, what do they do about showcasing that information? How much should they give? Should they keep some close to the vest? Because if you give it all away, they'll do it themselves. What is the mentality now when information is free? Yep. Back in the day, it used to be, you can't hardly send a thank you note out without getting compliance and legal involved <laughs> to say, can, can I say thank you to this client? Just those two words. And it used to be like, that was like, but now there has been some easing of that. So you can talk about your you know, services and your approach. But I think to answer your question, the line comes, how much do you give? You don't give into the details where compliance's radar is going to go up and you don't give specifics and strategies and things like that. But what you do give is empathy and being an advocate for their success. Because I, I always say this, and I did this once uh, in a live uh, presentation, and there was a radio executive in the room. And I said, okay, everyone raise your hands. What's your favorite radio station? Shout it out. And I said, and you, sir, it's not yours. And, and people were like, oh, it's this. I'm like, no, it's WIIFM. What's in it for me? And it's an old speaker trick I learned from Brian Tracy. He said, what's in it for me? Because everybody, Brad, it, you're, you operate by the what's in it for me many times because we have to go, what's in it for me to do this thing? So when you're thinking about your target audience listening to your financial education, teaching strategies, they're sitting there going, what's in it for me? And they're giving you just enough attention to go, should I listen to that next thing or read that next paragraph, literally? And in marketing and copywriting, um, we're taught at the, at the um, headline, you want that to grab them enough just to get them to read to the next line. And that next line should lead them to the next line or paragraph. And they're not going to read through long. They've got to understand and get it because when you confuse, you lose. Here's another, here's book number two recommendation. I'm a big reader and, and a writer of books. So uh, the Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, spectacular book. And, and he talks about when you confuse, you lose. And I think that um, even Einstein was uh, quoted for saying, if you can't explain what you do to a six-year-old, you don't even understand it. So don't get into the weeds and don't, you know, get that techno babble of all the little jargon that's going to get you in trouble with compliance anyway. Just talk to them. Be human, build that trust, be an advocate and go, you know what, something that you mentioned to me, I don't know, that one strategy we were talking about last week would work. So here's something I'd like to recommend and here's why. So here's this article that I pointed out there. So I think when they understand where you're coming from, that is developing that trust. Now, guess what you then have to do? You have to have them realize that what you are saying is valid. And that's a whole other ballgame. In fact, I, I do. I, I feel like whenever you say something, you need to back it up with some research or methodology, meaning, oh, is that just his idea? Where's that coming from? So there's a, a book back in the 60s uh, by Marshall McLuhan called The Medium is the Message. And in it, he touches on the point that where your content is seen gives as much, if not more value than the actual content. 
So what that could look like is, hey, Brad might have the solution to a retiree's dream or a young couple's dream for funding college. And he puts it in a three-page PDF white paper and he says, download this. Or he emails it out to his list and they yawn. And they're like, yeah, it's a PDF. And then you put it up on your blog post and go, yay, another blog post. And they go, yeah, thanks, Brad, but cool. And then you put it on LinkedIn. You're like, okay, how much work did that take? Free LinkedIn, copy, paste, post. But if they see that same content, that same solution in mentioned in the media or interviewed on a podcast or in a book, now they're like, oh, okay. Or if you're a keynote speaker and they're like, okay, I'm going to sit up and take notice of that. So the same content, the same teaching is now elevated on powerful platforms. Now they're sitting up and taking notice. And so all of those things have to come together. You, you can't be the cocky, I know everything. So just because my thing was in that place, no, you can't be cocky and prideful about it. But when you have a caring, giving, value-driven attitude with putting their needs first and you're confident and you know what you're talking about, and then, hey, yeah, here's this uh, cool stuff I've been mentioned here and in, in interview there. Now they're sitting up and taking notice and then you develop that report. It then comes full circle. Then you got to feed back into the no and the like so that the trust is deepened. There's so many things there that you just or, or something like that. Through. Yeah, or, something like, something like yeah, that. Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> something just, close just, to that. It just rolled off the tongue. If you yeah. give me a minute, I'll yeah, think of a right. real answer. Um, Let me see if I can read that again. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about a lot on this show is found credibility. It's because it, prospecting is always the first thing an advisor thinks. How do I build my business? Well, I prospect more. I get more leads. I do more yeah. seminars. I do more webinars. I get in front of more people, which is not wrong. It's not wrong. It's a numbers game. It's what we've been taught. Sales is a numbers game. Yep. Sales is a numbers game, but this is a people business. So it's, yeah. it all boils down to, and, and I just talked to a very successful advisor on the show a couple episodes ago, and he said, the real success comes from those 75% that are maybe, right? It's not the, it's not the fill and take the easy wins. And, and that's how you see the most success. It's in those maybes. And I think, you hit it right on the head, like where your content is found is almost as important or more important than the content itself. And that's a lot to do with the goldfish mentality, the scroll, scroll. It's a lot to do with the what's in it for me. You crush that. I need to learn enough to know that this is important to me. I don't need to learn enough to become an expert at it. So now that I've, okay, I understand this guy knows what he's talking about and this is important to me. That's all I need. Advisors know this stuff. They know exactly how to help a family, or at least they should, or they should get out of the business. And they understand the prospecting methods out there. Seminars are great. They're back. Webinars are crushing it for someone who can work virtually. You can buy leads. There's ways to get in front of people. You just have to spend money. But ultimately, when you're pushing that information out, where should they focus on that content being seen? We always start, you know what, if you don't have Facebook, you don't have LinkedIn, you don't have Twitter, you don't have a website, um, you don't exist. And that's like basic, right? That's like putting on shoes and right. socks before you go to work. That's basic. You have to have that stuff now. Where else should they, you know, focus their time, effort, and energy to push that valuable content out? Not necessarily to, like you said, be braggadocious about it, but when, you know what, I saw you on the webinar I looked at your LinkedIn profile and now I researched you and I found that you are credible because I saw you on X. Yep. Where do you go? How do you go? And, and how do you, you know get what? There, I think that people won't say those words. They might think those even subconsciously or even consciously, but they're not going to say, 
Brad, I came to you because I saw and I thought they're not going to do that, they're, but they're going to sure run from you if they don't see those things. So what I will say is this. I just say that one more time. If they don't see no you, they're going to run from you. <laughs> if they don't see you. Yeah. So it's, here's the thing. You Google your name and they, because maybe they were referred to you for a friend at church, friend at the gym, and they go, oh, Brad Schweinhardt, you need to talk to him because, and they go, cool, I see his card, or oh, you emailed me his thing, and so before they book a call, they're going to go Google you and your company, because I don't know other than my buddy, so what do they see? Now, they don't want to see negative reviews and rip-off report and bad things, and we, we know that, but if they only see your website, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, that's what everybody else, that's what your competitors have. So if you only have that, so my answer to you is you better darn well have the basics. You better have a nice looking website with a blog, with consistent blog posts, not stuff from a year and a half ago. You better have a Facebook with some helpful content flowing through at least a couple times a week. But then that's what everybody else does. Now what? So that's where I'm where I'm going at. And when once we establish, okay, what could I be doing? Should I be doing? And then you know what? You check that box and go, oh, Mike and Brad said in that podcast that you should do this. I did it. Check. Now I'm done. No, now you got to do something with it. But let's answer the question first. You've done the basics. You got your website, you got your blog post, you put it up on you're social. We, you're yeah. wearing socks, you got your shoes on, you're headed to work. But you know what? <laughs> when you were describing that, I was the thought that came to my mind. And so now I'll we'll get a little casual. I was like, okay, so it's if you're getting the Olympics just happened, sprinter, and it's oh, what should I wear? You should wear these uh, fancy running shoes, but you better darn well have some top and bottom too, your clothes. So you can't just have the thing that is the nice shoes. So you can't just have the gold star, whatever, radio interview or TV appearance. So you got to have it all because the basics are there. You better have the basics. They expect that because it's that's the foundation. And if you were seen on CNN and then they go view you and it's like, oh, okay. Like, how about this? Uh, right before we started uh, recording here, we were talking about the Super Bowl. And did you see the Super Bowl ads? Did you see that one? Now you're super young and I'm 128 years old. So this is predicative of me. But back in the day when your computer would go to sleep or your TV, you would have this bouncy little thing going across and it'd be like, ding, ding. It's like, oh, that's a screensaver. So let me jiggle the mouse and oh, now it came back to life. That was one of the commercials. And I'm sitting there like on Sunday, I don't answer emails. I, like I don't, the, you I like the flying. To I'm not that young. I just have a, a nice little baby face but i like the flying <laughs> toasters do you remember that one the flying toasters i think it was a mac they had little toasters with wings see i'm pc <laughs> so i didn't see the mac thing so we'll have to google that one but i'm sitting there on the couch on super bowl sunday with no devices i don't i i unplug on the on sunday and so i'm seeing this commercial i'm like i, I literally got up ran to where my phone was being charged grab it scan the qr code and it was going to a crypto this or that guess what happened I saw the website. I'm like, okay, cool. It's not for me, but that was neat. I loved the approach. But a lot of people were complaining lately uh, afterwards because their server crashed. It was like, it was so successful that people couldn't get on the website. It crashed it because of the success of that ad. So my point is you got to have the basics. You can't do the glitzy and then have a crashed website or a junky looking website or a website that's untrusted. Let's even get down to the IT. If you don't have the little green lock up there and you have the little thing that says phishing attack might, no, it's just that you don't have your SSL certificate. You got to have the basics. But once all that is done, and in your mind that you know how you can help families with planning for their retirement, planning for their future, you better do what. I've got one, my, one of my uh, teaching programs is called Authoritize Your Agency. You better authoritize 
yourself, your messaging. And what happens? You, when you start seeing yourself out there on, oh, I was mentioned in the media. Oh, I've been interviewed on some podcasts. Oh, hey, I was a you know, collaborator in this book or I came out with my own book. Now you start sitting up and talking a little bit more confident. You find confidence in yourself more so. And that little subconscious twist in how you're delivering to your, your prospects and your webinars and your seminars, that alone is huge. But let's get back to where it should be. Well, do things that are easy for you. My favorite thing about you, this, and hang on, I know I'm interrupting you. My favorite thing about this interview so far is I ask you a question, you talk for five minutes of awesome value, and then you say, okay, now let's answer the question. Let me set the stage. And, and, <laughs> and, then, and then when you were like, oh, can you repeat that? I'm like, oh no, what did I just say? Oh, no, because no, you know, no some, when I do coaching <laughs> sessions, I'll record it because I'm like, I'm going to say something that I can't repeat that you didn't take notes on. So let's watch this back because it's just awesomeness when you can... And let me tell you something, another interesting point, what you just brought up, there tends to be a disconnect between your head and your hands. If you said to me, hey, Mike, um, shoot me an email, write me a one pager on the blah, blah, blah. And I start typing it. Uh, here's the basics. But when you can talk and converse and go back and forth, and it makes me think of something, and you think of something, and you me think of something again, you get down to the true meat of it. So that becomes now, if that one thing, if someone listening and watching to this learns only one thing, it's like, hold on, I can't write for the life of me, but doggone if I can't talk about what I do to serve my clients. So get Become a podcast guest, get on podcasts so that you can get your system down, your talk down, your, your, how you serve your clients, because it comes out. And then when you even listen back to it, you can make your little sound bites and things like that. So I think that's a huge aha for people. So how do you write a book? Maybe you, you get four or five, six main topics and then go get interviewed on podcasts so you can talk about it and transcribe that. And that now becomes the basis for your book. So what you have in your head is powerful. You already know it. You just got to learn how to get it out and talk about it. But let's just say, as an example, someone has a, a real aversion to looking at a camera and having lights and I don't know, my shirt isn't, my hair isn't combed. If you don't, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then don't go live on Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn. No matter what you see out there, there's a lot of people that are talking about go live and video. That's a great option. But if that is not you, then don't work, then don't force it. But if you could be interviewed on a podcast and talk into a microphone and, and just talk because now you don't worry about the camera being on, I'm a little camera shy. So this is really hard for me. Um, so if that is you get on podcast then. So I think what I, I say this many times too, Hey, the customer relationship management software is out there and there's many choices. Guess what the best one is. And people are like, Ooh, let me, what? The one you're going to use consistently. Guess what the strategy for whatever is. The one you're going to do all the time consistently. So you've got to have these platforms and these ways to get your expertise out of your head into your target audience's attention. Whether it is blogging. Hey, there's a. am sure you can buy a course on how to blog and get clients. But I say do some things that when you do it once, that it can be amplified many times over. As an example... I've done 780 interviews on my podcast, Influential Entrepreneurs. I'm good at it. I love doing it. I can bring the best out of people and make them look like a rock star um, when I'm interviewing them. So guess what you do? You get on podcasts and you use interviews in your business development. Hey, I was just interviewed on. And you put it on your social media. You put it on your website. You put in your email. And let's tie this now into what you even touched on before. People want to get, fill the seats for seminars or webinars. 
leads, buy leads. You are wasting money on buying leads or trying to fill a seminar if, if, if you're not being seen as a trustworthy, credible expert authority with confidence because they're just going to go, yeah, whatever. So what would happen if you could push a button and boom, fast track being seen as an authority. And now you don't stop doing other marketing. You just enhance it with being seen as an expert. And so my authority positioning portfolio kind of ties into the financial portfolio. It's not just one thing. It's not just stocks, bonds, mutual funds. It's many things. But when you have this authority positioning portfolio, positioning you as an expert, now you use one of the assets in there. Let's just use as an example, the podcast interview where you spoke about whatever, how to minimize taxes for you know retirement or how to plan for college, whatever the financial topic is. And now all of a sudden you've got something to spear and go right to that target audience, especially if they already have that question. Oh, hey, I was just interviewing this podcast about that very topic. Here's the link, check it out and, uh, and we'll talk about when we meet next week. Now it's not you pushing, it's you teaching. And do you think that on the landing page for your seminar, webinar, whatever thing, do you think that if it's just register now, you're going to learn this? It's like, yeah, okay. But what if it's got some authority trust triggers down the bottom of it, like as featured on NBC, Fox, Pandora, Spotify? What if it's that? What if even right above the register now is an embedded podcast episode, not a link to send them off the landing page, but what if you're a snippet even from your latest podcast interview talking about a relevant topic was right there and you got them on the landing page. There's nothing else they can do but register. But before they click register, they're going click and they start listening to, oh, that's, ooh, that's a good point. And they're listening to a short, quick 15 minute interview, let's say. And now they're ready. They see your credibility as seen on. They're hearing maybe a podcast interview right on the page, not sending them off. Now that should increase. Is it going to 10x your registrations? Probably not. But is it going to move it from move the needle? And over time, moving the needle to get more people to register. And then in the follow-up, hey, we're so looking forward to coming in. We were mentioned in the media here. And, and you get them another interview. You give them another authority positioning asset. That gets them to the event. And then after the event, you're like, hey, thank you so much. We've got this copy of this book we're going to give you. Or we've got another series of podcast interviews where you can learn this whole workshop. Come on in and have our meeting where we can just have a nice get to know you. And now you're drawing them through the buyer's journey. And that's a marketing concept. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. I think, again, there's 700 points that I want to dive down on, but um when you're talking about that credibility behind your marketing and if it's a, you send out a postcard, that has got a picture of a steak on it. And then you're in your suit standing there. You know what? Yeah. People are going to show up for that. Maybe their guard's going to be up quite a bit because they're expecting to get sold. White glove. We do seminars all the time. That's what we do. 90% of them, there's no food. And we use that same idea though. We use the credibility behind the educational event to generate registrations. They don't care who Mike is. They don't care who Brad is. They care, is this event credible? Is yep. it better business bureau rated? Is it is it five-star rated on Facebook? And, and that's how we have seen massive success. And sometimes explaining that to advisors of how you need to have credibility behind the event before you necessarily put your face out there. And, and not to dog on the real estate industry, but think about it. I don't understand why I see ads for realtors. There's a funny way to pronounce it that I always get wrong. Why do you see an ad with their face on it 
when you haven't ever addressed the fact of what they need and what they learn. Like, why wouldn't I show a dream home or a, a simple walkthrough of a mortgage process to help somebody like lead with that value before it's just, Hey, my face, do you want to buy a house? So yep. those are some of the things that I always just think about that in our industry. And one of the things that advisors just have to understand and anyone in sales has to understand is there's going to be that percentage of people that say, yes, I'm interested, sign me up and I'm ready to go. And it's funny that you mentioned CRMs because half the time, if it's an Excel document on your laptop, it's better than a piece of paper in your desk drawer. But wherever yep. you get to, you have to be able to stay in front of those people when that light bulb goes off. There's two ways to pick up a client. There's only two. One, you do something, say something, provide something that turns the light on for them. And they say, oh my God, I need that. I, I have those concerns. I need them addressed. That's it. Number one, that's what everybody loves because they say something and someone says, oh my God, um, I need to work with you. And that makes everybody feel good. And the only other way to do it is to be there when that light bulb turns on for themselves. When something in their life happens, when they've hit that right age, when their, their kids go off to college, when the retirement fund changes, when the tax, you know, concerns because of the president's doing X, Y, and Z, when that light bulb comes on from themselves, you have to be there. And that's exactly what Mike's talking about today is how can you be there? How can you continually provide value? How can you do it in a effective and efficient way? So when you do a podcast, you do a snippet, you do something you're comfortable with. How do you repurpose that and position it in places that they will find, right? Back to that found credibility, elevating your brand. And again, I love that your brand's not a logo. It's not a headshot. Your brand is what they think of when they see you. And how you answer questions that they may not be asking. And have you ever heard of the FAQ and the SAQ? No, tell me. So way back in the day, Mike Koenigs, he came out with, he's like a marketing guru in the marketing world. He came out with Traffic Geyser. Now he's like a sought out leader in marketing. And I learned this from him and I interviewed him on my podcast uh, once. And it was just like amazing because it's, yes, I love learning from you. The, every, every advisor knows that there's frequently asked questions, FAQs. Yeah. And oh, what is the whatever? But what you should be focusing on is the SAQs, the should ask questions. And these are the questions that if that prospect knew to ask, if they should be asking them, but they don't know because from a psychological standpoint, you don't know what you don't know. So if you then know and study your market enough to realize that, okay, you know what, let's get past the service. Cause of course we have friendly staff and whatever the case is been around for 10 years, all of that normal stuff. But when you dive in deep and go, Ooh, have you considered, and you have three to five should ask questions. And now a ninja strategy, don't just get on a podcast and go, oh, my name is, and we do this and we in, empower the community and serve our neighbors with, and okay, call it. No, that's good for the first 45 seconds. But what if you could have one of those should ask questions that you go, hey, you know what, Brad, a lot of people ask us, whatever. And you're like, let me just explain a couple of things that people should consider. They really don't realize the fact that, and they really should think about this. And now what's happening is that listener is going, oh, that's insight. They're not pushing me. In fact, there's a, here comes book recommendation number three, <laughs> The <laughs> Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, killer book. And basic, one of the, the teachings is you need to teach and educate, not sell and tell. 
And when you teach and educate, people intrinsically go, oh, Brad's kind of, okay, I could trust him because he's pointing me into the direction of that article of this piece. Or, and what if that article or that piece of learning to substantiate one of those deeper should ask questions? What if that is, oh, an authority positioning asset that Brad wrote for Forbes or when he was interviewed on or when he was mentioned, oh, let me Google his name because you know what? Like you mentioned these seminars. What if someone's sitting in that seminar and out walks advisor A and they're like, hey, welcome. That one of the, And here comes in the back of their the room, their logo and their name. Guess what they're doing? Jumping on their phone, Googling their name and their company. What do they see? You want all of this to work together. Now, if you've got wonderful branding and positioning and all of that, and then you can't put two words together and you come off feeling a little, eh, I don't know, you've got to have it all. You've got to have some good confidence and all of that. But I think that's a huge point for people to keep in mind. I love that. And we're coming up on time here. So we'll, I want to dive so deeply into the FAQ, SAQ, because it, but we don't have, so maybe we'll bring you back on and we'll, we'll talk about that. Cause I love the should ask questions. Cause I think you could really yeah. lead with that. This is what people normally ask. Right. This is what they should ask. And way, way back when I was a you know teenager in my early twenties worked in construction retail. And it was so often people would come in, they'd have a project. I want to remodel my bathroom. I want to build a deck. I want to build a house, whatever it was. And they would ask the questions they thought they should be asking, but more importantly was to give them the answers to the questions that they really should be asking. And you as yep. an expert know those. And they could say, hey, yep. what's the interest rate on this? And, or what's the return on that? But what they should be really asking are questions. That, so I love- Well, let me, let me leave you with one thing on that one topic. Well, that that's we'll good. Just... Hang on, because I was going to say, you get one thing to say. So make okay. it good. <laughs> Here's my last point on this, and then we'll wrap up with whatever you want. How- um, Every prospect to a financial services uh, advisor only talks to them and then they hire them. Yeah, they yeah talk that's to several, works, right? <laughs> okay. So what if you had this document that said the top three critical questions you must ask a financial services professional before hiring them? And what if those were three should ask questions? And what if in that document is your financial advisor professional that you are interviewing, talking to should answer it this way. So now here they are. Let me grab my piece of paper. Here they are like either piece of paper they printed out or the email that they're looking at and they're talking to advisor and they're like, hey, so how do you guys handle the and, and it's should ask question number one. And you listen to what they say. And if they fumble and bumble, they're like, oh, Brad told me they ought to be saying this. Well, what are they doing? They're they're comparing everything up against you. And so now here's these other advisors, you know, they're little surface answering, like a little whatever, but it's, hey, Brad just told me that here's what they should be saying. And I'm just going to call Brad back because he's got the answers. That's a huge aha. I love that. And that reminds me of one book recommendation is The Wedge. If you haven't read that yet, any sales advisor, anybody out there should read that. And that's how to, because you're spot on. They're not just talking to you, right? They might already have an advisor, but they reached out to you because you presented yourself with information that their advisor wasn't proactively giving to them. And on the flip side of that, your clients may be thinking the same thing. If you're not proactively doing the same thing for your clients that you would be doing for an ideal prospect, you're missing out on a, a great deal of business and referral opportunities. I love that you mentioned that you unplug on Sundays. And as we wrap up here, maybe you could just tell us why in the heck you do that. I, I'm a a workaholic. Sundays, I might have a Sunday project. That's what I call it. But I love the idea of taking that phone, putting it in a drawer and just ignoring it. So yep. let's learn a little bit about Mike on his weekends off when this comes okay. down and uh, we'll wrap it up here. Yep. Man. 
So I am a very values-driven, family-driven dude with a wife and four kids, ages 18 to 23. My oldest daughter just got engaged last week. Two are in college. One's Congrats. in grad school. So I, I literally, I work half days on Saturday, but then Saturday afternoon is Sunday. And then Sunday, we're at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So it's, you know what? From the disconnect from technology standpoint, from the spending time with family and what, don't you find that if you take a full day or two off and you're driving up the mountains or riding your mountain bike or whatever, some of these great ideas happen. So I will say that there will be that little piece of paper that I'm like, I'm I'm not going to go online, but I'm going to write this thing down so I don't forget about it. So next week I'm going to jump on it, but you can't, you need that downtime. You need the time to where you're just like relaxing, reading. Okay. Here's another little, uh, not damaging confession, but I am a book reader, love books, and I'm all about marketing and sales and all of that. But two Christmases ago, my mother-in-law got me the first 10 books of the Hardy Boys. And I read those when I was 10. And you know what? I'm reading them again because some, because I sometimes just, I don't need that heavy marketing strategy. Give me a Saturday, Sunday afternoon where I'm reading the Hardy Boys and it's okay. Now I, I feel love, like I'm getting casual. That. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Mike, so much for, thanks so much for being on, man. It was a great episode. Tons of valuable. We're, we're going to get you back on because there's awesome. probably six or seven things that I want to dive a lot deeper on. So happy we'll, to help we'll keep that conversation going. So thank you, sir. Brad, you're right. There was so much great information in there. Mike Saunders, authority marketing strategist with Brad Swinehart, the host of Be Advised Leading with Value. Follow the podcast for the latest shows and please share with colleagues and friends. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of White Glove. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 